This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy Steve. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block, and I am Jake Bachman, live from the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese at 84th and Havelock. Unfortunately, Strick not able to join us today. He's uh, He's got some uh, flight plans that have been delayed, and so he's kind of had to readjust his schedule a little bit. But he should be here for the postgame show uh, for Nebraska's basketball game against Iowa tonight, which is all of a sudden... I don't know if it's more or less interesting, but it certainly has a different look than it did the other day as last night Trev Alberts announcing that Fred Hoiberg would indeed return to Nebraska as the basketball coach next season, albeit at a discount, which is uh, similar to what happened with Scott Frost in the football program, of course. Um, the Hoiberg buyout now reduced to $11 million for next year. It was set to be around $15 million last year. would have been $18 million had they fired him this season. His salary also reduced a little bit down from three point. 5 million to 3.25 million and uh, if you run down the math and Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal Star did for us in a tweet so uh, I want to shout out to him but he did the math 12.75 million dollars saved if both Frost and Hoiberg are fired after next season if all goes to hell and neither of these experiments uh, don't work next year that's how much would be saved which again for context sake that it's about uh, what about four Three, uh, three and a half, about four years of a Hoiberg contract as it is now. So a very big deal um, to, to save that money. But it certainly kind of just changes um, the way we look at these programs uh, and, and maybe just the way Nebraska is looked at overall. Once again, I'm Jake Bakovin here at Certified Pete, uh, at the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. I'm joined by Jake Sorensen of Early Break. Uh, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Bach. Uh, yesterday's news was uh, was something, wasn't it? It was something. <laughs> yeah, what was your initial uh, re- response once you saw it? Did you pull out your phone? Is that how you saw it? Uh, yeah, so I knew that Trev Alberts was talking at 6 o'clock on the network last night, and I you know, I, I heard some, some rumors, some rumblings that there might be some news of some capacity, so I tuned into Twitter to <laughs> have my radio up. I was yeah. listening to the ticket, of course. I listened <laughs> well, of course, to it. Yeah. I was just tracking, tracking on Twitter. And saw the news that Fred Hoiberg is being retained. And uh, I was at my house. I was in a safe spot. I did yell. My wife was concerned. She says, are you okay? I said, yeah, Fred Hoiberg's back. And she says, oh, that, nothing nothing big then. So, yeah, so yeah I, it's disappointing. I mean, but, but again, money, it, we all knew money was a factor here. $18.5 million is something that when you're coming off a pandemic where people lost jobs and, and you had revenue go down for the university and also – you have a, a very expensive facility going up by Memorial Stadium. It's hard to justify uh, spending that much for somebody just to just not be here while then investing right. more money to get somebody else and their assistant staff. And so, 
you were just kind of stuck. And we, we all kind of knew that. We were scared that that might come down to that and, and it might prevent you from letting him go. But the sad part to me is that when you make the list of, of pros and cons to keeping Fred Hoiberg, the cons were way, way larger than the pros. And the big pro of the buyout is what won when all is said and done. So I hope you're not stuck with just kind of a lemon here (laughs) at head coach. But um, there's got to be a lot of things that change to make me feel like this is going to work out in any capacity next season. Well, and that's the fear, right? The football team was able to do a facelift to get an, a, a fresh coat of paint uh, on, on the look because you can go out and get an offensive coordinator in the modern day, you know, the transfer portal. And the transfer portal will be out there for Nebraska basketball too, and maybe that's what they do. But the problem, I think, partially with the belief in Hoiberg, um, and this is not to say that he's had a complete roster or roster built for the Big Ten, but he's had some talent in here. Um, so I think part, part of it's going to be difficult. I don't know if there's a Casey Thompson out there that can make you go, okay, well, that's the difference that, that you know, um, that kind of helped the football program go. Um, unless, I mean, because you did that last year. You, you brought in the Pac-12 um, sixth man of the year. You, you have your first five-star on campus, and you, you've managed one win out of it so far. That's the concern for me is not – necessarily it's just how are they going to sell it next year the same thing can be said with the coaching staff yeah we all expect to see changes on the coaching staff but the offensive coordinator um and defensive coordinator i know they didn't switch coordinator but you know that level of uh, of standing on your coaching staff is not seen the same way in basketball you yeah. can get a you know a big time assistant but and, and then the other part of it too is doc sadler matt abdomasi these were the guys he had success with at iowa state so once you clear the bench of those guys and he brings in new guys, it's almost an all-new experiment because the previous experiment, uh, albeit it didn't work, uh, was the reason, you know, that collection, that group, was the reason he did have success at Iowa State. So, I mean, to go along with T.J. Osselberger, which is uh, now yeah. having his own success, well, maybe that was the key well, piece in, in Jake, Iowa State. I, Jake, let yeah. me ask you this, though, real quick. Sure. I've been asking a lot of people this, and a lot of things that we talk about off the air – uh, when you're here at the station is expectations. And, and I think at Nebraska, very similar to our comparisons, Virginia Tech, it's, it's a football school. Your expectations aren't going to be as high for the basketball program that they are for the football program. So we're sitting here now, Fred Hoiberg, he's going to be the coach at Nebraska next season. That's done. It's been decided. For, for you to have solid improvement and be confident with the decision that Trev Alberts made, what is your, I guess, expectations win-wise for the team next season? I mean, it's hard to expect. It's hard to understand or even put a number out there because right now he's six and forty-nine, right. nearly through three complete years, and that's rewarded with a chance at a fourth season to see if you can improve it at all. So, if you want to justify the a fifth season on top of that, I'd say in a twenty-game conference schedule, I mean, you better double your wins you have right now. Total six wins. I mean, that's that's still bad. Six wins is still probably. 13th or 12th or 13th in the conference, is it too much to ask to not be dead last? And and I want to go back to the first thing you said there because I, I have a problem with that. You know, I, you know I hate that Nebraska has invested so much money mm-hmm. into the Hendricks training complex and PBA and, and, and into the head coach. I mean, Fred Hoiberg was one of the highest paid coaches right. in the conference. Right. His assistant coaches are paid well too. I, I don't want to hear – that because you're a football school, you can't have success in basketball. It, it, that's just right. BS. I mean, they have invested so much. If they were still – Devaney Center never redid it, never had a practice facility. All right, I get it. Okay, they obviously don't care about men's basketball. This program, this university, within the last 10 years, made the commitment to invest and make 
basketball matter and make basketball yeah. successful. And I just think that there is no way we can operate anymore saying, oh, we're just we're a football school. We can't be good at basketball. Alabama is a football school, and Nate Oates has a solid squad there. Arkansas is a football school, and Eric Musselman has a good squad there in basketball. Tennessee is a football school, and Rick Barnes has a good squad of basketball. It's just it doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. You can be good in both sports, even if you are a football school. End of story. And of course, Nebraska has been struggling in the football school department as well. <laughs> um, so the, we don't uh, even have to mention that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave that aside. Well, I mean, it is what it is, uh, but, uh, for, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, Nebraska, there, there was a time where Nebraska didn't invest much into it. I mean, I remember old Bob Devaney Sports Center before it got its facelift. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the letters uh, had the, the, the stains of, of rain, <laughs> rain, rain uh, from years ago that kind of drained down the, the paint, and it just kind of looked like a worn-out building. I still, I mean, there was parts of that, the Bob Devaney Sports Center I like. You remember that one year, Jake, where they did, like, the, the court sure I do. had, like, white, like, like it looked like clip art that they forgot to clip around the inn and the Big Ten loco. I don't know what that was. I thought I went to the first game that year and I went, man, they, they just must not have got it done in time. And they kept that look the whole year. I don't know what that was. I st- that's what maybe uh, maybe I should go over to the athletic department. But if I don't, if I die and go to heaven, that might be one of my first <laughs> questions. So what the heck happened that year? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is back when basketball probably didn't matter as much. Yeah. And, and, and I. That's why I always felt bad because I, I think right now, you know, Doc Sadler, the assistant coach, um, you know, he, he's certainly he's, – he's getting close to retirement. He's getting old. He's getting tired. Yeah. Doc Sadler had a, a, a team that was scrappy back in the day. They were never that talented, but they did what this program needs. They, they had guys that played defense. They rebounded. They, they fought hard. Again, they scrapped all the time. You were never going to go blow Nebraska out unless you're Kansas because they're really good. But typical teams – Hated playing them because they were paying the butt. And this team right now, with under Fred Hoiberg all three years, has just been – I mean, they've just been so undisciplined, and they, yeah. they don't fight. Yeah. And, and it doesn't – this program is never going to be one that just lands five stars. And and I know that they're trying to do that. That's what the, the, the goal was. But that's not how you win here. Nebraska, hopefully someday, can be good enough where they can get a five-star because of the performance on the court – and how the team's doing, not because, hey, I can get you a good NIL deal or I can make this work for you uh, and, and I can make it happen. We, Bryce McGowan's good player. That hasn't mattered with the team this year in terms of making them successful. So I just feel like this program, I know that, you know, I've said this so many times before about Nebraska football. I'll say about basketball too. The University of Nebraska has undergone uh, plastic surgery to themselves. They were a beautiful natural person back in the 90s and then early 2000s they said oh new millennium let's let's uh let's let's make a little change and this is mostly football i'm starting with here in football getting to get bill callahan because you know frank solo is just too close to what you were in the past i want to get different and all of a sudden all these years all these years pass in nebraska they keep doing surgery and they're trying to get better looking and all of a sudden you look in the mirror here in 2022 you said i have no idea who i am at all i don't look anything near what i used to be where i was actually naturally pretty and i can't go back to it so i guess i'll keep doing stuff to make me feel better about my looks and for for basketball it's similar you know again they've never been great they've been good back in the 90s but right now this whole the 
going attacking in the transfer portal and just making your roster just be flipped over every year is constant plastic surgery saying, I'm going to get the right look. But you never do because you're beautiful the way you were. (laughs) Jake, I think your best comparison, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably kind of the blueprint that UVA has taken. It's we're going to build a team based off of defense. We're going to score 50, 55 points a game. It doesn't matter. We're going to beat teams because we play hard, we hustle, and then – a couple of years later, when you've built that program and you have Tony Bennett, who's a great coach, you insert a Kyle Guy, who's a five-star out of the state of Indiana, Mr. Basketball, boom, you're national champion. So I, I think yes, when you well, say that, that's probably your best comparison of what you're well, looking think, for. Well, think about how the ridiculousness of this. Think about how, if you look at it from where we're at now to where we were starting off, how crazy it is to think that Nebraska can just become a run-and-gun school on offense and basketball. I mean, those kids, the best shooters, are going to places that have done it consistently. Yeah. They have proven, hey, I'm going to Duke because Duke develops and they win. I'm going to Kentucky. Or even I'm going to Creighton, Creighton because yeah. Creighton shoots lights out. They <laughs> yeah. developed Ethan Roggy. They developed, you know, all these guys, right. Bach. We've seen them torture Kyle Nebraska Corver for years. And, Kyle Corver. Dermot are good guys you can lean on. They, you know? they go places They go places where, hey, you can say all you want, Nebraska, but how about this? The proof's in the pudding over here. They do it consistently, and you're just going to – Make it happen because you're Fred Hoiberg? Like, I don't know. I, but did you have a problem with this? I, I think part of it is, is obviously kind of watching it play out is the frustration is that it didn't work. When Hoiberg was hired, did you think that they could get this done as far as bringing in? You know, Hoiberg, to me, was kind of that missing piece. Okay, now you've invested in the program. Like you said, Hoiberg basically has everything on his resume. Former NBA player. He's been in the front office. He obviously had success as a player and, and most importantly, a coach at Iowa State just down the road. Um, with this philosophy, I did not have a problem with it at first, but it seems to be kind of the same thing um, with Scott Frost. And, and again, people don't like that comparison all the time, but it, 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 it's playing out the same sort of way where, yeah, you've got your philosophy. That might have worked in a different league, but when you come to the Big Ten, it can't just be all what you want to do. You know, it, it, you, right. you've got to switch it up. And I wonder, and, and that's my fear with Frost, is that if Nebraska gets better this year, I don't know how much of that is because of Scott Frost. If you change the system and, you know, you know, I, I think part of it would be adjusting. And with Hoiberg, again, you don't have the, the coordinators and stuff like that. You've got maybe some guys on the bench, but um, most of the, the success would go back to you. And I'd have a little bit more of a belief system that it would work. Um, but you're asking Hoiberg to change the philosophy that's got him here, that got him yep. all the success yeah. to begin with. And I think you almost have to at this point. Well, I don't know if it's the philosophy being changed. It's, it's maybe the guys that are below you and how you do it. You know, Fred Hoiberg, I think, needs to get more involved with recruiting. Fred Hoiberg has to go and not just sign off saying, I, this guy's good. You, know, you need to be the guy in there, and you need to be the one that's it's putting a face to your program because right now your program is an is a embarrassment. It's a joke, but guess what? You're back next year. Like, you don't walk away. You're coming back. We know you're back, so change up the way you get kids. Like, I, it's not – it's probably too late to get some of these kids because they made, they've made decisions, but, man, like, you get, you're getting a second chance at life here. You, you're, losing, you're losing some money in your salary. Yeah. Your buyout's going down, but it's still a handsome buyout at $11 yeah. million. Dollars. I mean, you, you lost $4 million on your buyout because it goes to 15 next year down to eleven now because eighteen and a half right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you're losing five mil, four to five mil, basically. That's only lost if you were to get bought out. If exactly. you win, it doesn't exactly. matter. But if you truly care about this and want to prove to Trav Alberts and the fans that you are going to build something here, and it's not just one more year and you're going to get fired, then I need to see you be a part of the process. I need to see you 
back in gyms recruiting because I know he hates recruiting. He said that before in a podcast. Mm-hmm. He's he hates recruiting, but guess what, man? I don't care. You, you, nothing matters anymore when you're 21 and 66. You need to get this right. So hire the right people and get your butt back in the gym to talk to these kids. Yeah, I, I, I no doubt that's going to be needed, and and I, and I think he's going to understand that. Um, you know, coming up this year, I mean, things just have gone so disastrous. Even again with getting some type of talent in here, you know, basically every year um, to to be able to do things that haven't been done here before. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I kind of go back to that though. I, I just wonder if there is a philosophy change. I'm not sure. I mean, because like you said especially expecting a, 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 that big of a transition overnight. It's a fun – it was supposed to be a fun product, right? They're going to outscore everybody 92 to 85. That's – they just haven't had the shooters. They haven't had the players to do that. Exactly. I don't think that they're going to um, next year either. So I wonder if there is a philosophy change as far as, you know, the, the pace of play and, and not everything's a green light. You don't want to take all these shots early on in the, in the shot clock because I wanted to see more of that adjustment this year too. I think that, you know, I think uh, uh, that, that Alonzo Verge is a, is a good guy that if there's 10 seconds on the shot clock, let him do his thing. But they let him just do it at the beginning of the shot clock at any time because they want to get as many shots off as they can per game. I don't think that should be the philosophy for mm. the program. I don't think that should be the philosophy for this team after you started the way you did. I, I think they, they should have, have made that adjustment already, um, but they're still content on trying to outshoot everybody. Now, to, to be fair, they have made some adjustments. They've been sending more people to the rim. They've won the rebounding uh, battle the last couple of games, so I don't want to completely say that they, they aren't making any adjustments, but I, I just feel like that you know those are ones that should have been identified earlier but again it is hard for for coach for any coach to swallow his pride and, and admit that uh, at this point his philosophy is not working out uh we got to take a quick break but again we are on the block we're live from the mercado by certified piedmontese 84th in havelock we'll be out here till six today's special by the by by the way by the way i can't speak but buy one get one free on bags of biltong biltong is a delicious type of jerky low on fat and sugar but it's extremely tender you got to get out here and try this there's plenty other type of cuts as well plus there's some seafood if that's up your alley uh you can grab that here too at the mercado by certified piedmontese we'll be right back here on the block on 93.7 the ticket